Tonight, uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 5, if you have your Bibles. Um, we're going to look at a passage that so often I, that I feel like is, is looked at maybe in a wrong perspective. Because this is the passage where Jesus meets up with Simon Peter and some fishermen. And he tells them to launch out. So often, I've seen in more than one church, the theme. They'll have a banner back here. And it says, launch out into the deep. And that's, that's wonderful. But we're going to look at this passage and... Peter didn't obey like we think he did. And I feel like that kind of represents us. We, re- we know who Jesus is. I mean, he's the one that gave us our salvation. Put our faith and trust in him. I'm thankful for my salvation. You know, when I truly started to comprehend what Christ had done for me, is when I started to really think about my career choice and what I was doing in my life. Because I thought, you know, Christ has done everything for me. He died for me. If it wasn't for Him, there's no way I could go to heaven. What am I doing for Him? And that got the thought process going of using my talents for the Lord and and ultimately me going into the ministry. But I first had to understand the true sacrifice that was made. And I know that mo- if we're, all of us that are saved tonight, we, we know what Christ has done for us simply because we put our faith and trust in Him. But do we comprehend what has been done to the point where we're willing to completely obey what the Lord tells us to do? If the Holy Spirit prompts us to do something, do we fully listen? Do we give how God tells us to give? Do we hand out tracts and soul win and witness as the Holy Spirit prompts us? I'm going to say no. There's not many churches in America that, that church, the pastor can say, well, this is a, uh, everybody in here is, is a soul winner and everybody does everything that they're supposed to do in trying to lead souls to the Lord. There's not too many churches that you run into, if any, that's like that. But do we listen to the Holy Spirit? I think most of us probably go through the motions sometimes. We like to think that we've done a good job in obeying the Lord. But do we fully obey and listen? I'm gonna, let's look at this passage and see if we can't relate. This is the only place that I'm going to be. I'm not going to flip around tonight. This is, this is where we're going to be. But I want to see if we can't relate a little bit to Simon Peter here in this passage. Okay? Uh, if you'll follow along with me in Luke chapter 5, verse 1, it's, it says... And it came to pass that as the people pressed unto him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. Now the he is Jesus. Now this is the beginning of his ministry. So he's popular. 
Okay? People are interested. He was just in a synagogue and done a mighty work there. So now people are intrigued of this Jesus. So it says that there's a, a, a bunch of people pressed unto him to hear the word of God. He stood by the lake of Gennesaret, which is the Sea of Galilee. It says, And he saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and washing their nets. Now that's important. If you make a habit of circling or underlining things in your Bible, I want you to underline or circle the word nets. It's going to be important here in a second. Verse 3, And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. And we had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draft. Underline or circle that one as well. Verse 5, And Simon Peter answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. But nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Underline or circle that one. The net. Verse 6, And when they had uh, this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net, you can underline and circle that one, break. And they beckoned to their partners, which were in the other ship, that they would come and help them. And they came and they filled both ships so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him at the draft of fishes in which they had taken. And so was also James and John and the sons of Zebedee, which were partners of Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for the opportunity to be here uh, tonight. I thank you for the opportunity to be able to work uh, on this building. Uh, Lord, tonight, I just ask that you would use me in a mighty way. Uh, these people have set aside their time to come in here and to hear something from you, Lord. And God, I pray as I stand here behind this pulpit, Lord, that you would just use me in a mighty way to be able to speak to your people. God, I pray that if anything stands in the way between you using me, that, Lord, you would forgive me, that you would cleanse me, and that you would make me a vessel unto honor at this time. Lord, I thank you so much and love you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing that I, I want to point out here is that it's very subtle but Jesus gives Simon Peter a command. He commands him to launch out. It's a very, it's very simple command. Most people probably wouldn't even think anything of it. But it's actually quite significant of this command. And it's very specific. You'll notice it says, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draft. Why do you think that he said, launch out into the deep? Well, I'll tell you in just a second. Now, they had just gotten back. Simon Peter uh, made the comment that we, were, we have toiled all the night, which implies that they were fishing in the nighttime. Back in those times, the way that they would fish is they would get in a boat and they would have a lantern. 
And they would scroll or whatever, troll or scroll, however you say that, the, the bank close and uh, shallow water. They would hold that light over uh, the boat and that would attract the fish to come up to the boat and they would throw their nets and they would catch them up. And that's how they would fish. That's how these, that's how, these guys are professional fishermen. That's how they do it. It's like I was out in, um, got to think, I was out in Arkansas. Me and the kids, we were fishing, and uh, man, we had a heyday. The kids were just, they, we had uh, these fishing poles, and they put, um, there was a bobber on there, and we put a fishing worm on there, and we casted it out, and, and uh, I don't know, the, the line was what, a couple foot under the water, and they were slaying the bluegill. I mean, they, they, were, they were having so much fun. But what happened was, is that the, the line had drifted into the bank and the worm was on the, I guess, in the mud. They caught a catfish. My daughter caught a catfish. Oh, my word, she was thrilled. I mean, that thing, woo, you know, that pole was going down and she had that thing and she's, Daddy, can you come help me? Because it about pulled her in. The point to that is, is you, you can't throw out a line halfway out into the lake and expect to catch a catfish. There's a, there's a specific way to catch fish. And these guys know that the way that they fish is in, sal- in shallow water and at night. So what Jesus is telling him to do is completely contrary to how you're supposed to fish. He says, it's in the middle of the day. So he says, it's in the day. I want you to go out into the deep. How often does the Holy Spirit speak to us? Possibly even give us a command. And we try to make sense of it. We say, Lord, I know you want me to give a certain amount. You've spoke to my heart about that. But if I do that, I can't pay my bills. We try to make sense of it. You say, oh, Lord says, I want you to go speak to your neighbor. And you're like, I'm not going to go talk to my neighbor. There's no way. They would never come to church. You think of how things are and, and the reality that we live in, that the Holy Spirit can't intervene in things like that, but He can. Simon Peter, we notice here, he says, And Simon Peter answering and said unto him, Master, we've toiled all the night. He's trying, he says, we were were already out there. I'm sure he's thinking to himself, this is crazy. I know that I'm not going to catch any fish. He says, and we've taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Now the reason that I had you underline or circle the word net is because if you'll notice, Simon Peter is pretending to obey. I call it complying. Because, let me explain. My kids, if I say, go clean your room, and they go and they throw their clothes under their bed, and they just barely pull their covers over uh, as they've made their bed, and there's still things in there that's not tidy. Yeah, they went in and made an attempt. 
They complied to what I asked them to do. But did they still did they obey? No. And if they don't obey, you know what that's called? Disobedience. So Simon Peter here, so often we see and we hear preach that he was obedient. Listen to the Lord. Launch out when he says to go and do something. But he wasn't. He was disobedient. He disobeyed God. He did not have faith and trust that what Jesus told him to do was going to happen. How often do we go through the motions of life, of being a Christian, of just walking the walk, doing the things that we know, coming to church on Wednesday, coming to church on Sunday, you know, looking like a good Christian. Being a good Christian has nothing to do with how you look. It's about how you listen and obey God. Verse 6 says, And when they had done this, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes and their net break. You know, deep down inside, now I don't have any, any proof of this other than thinking through the story. I think if they would have thrown both nets out like Christ told them to, I don't think their net would have broke. I don't think it would have broke. I think that if they would have been obedient and did what Christ told them to do and threw out the nets that they had, because it wasn't a lack of not having a net, because you'll see in verse uh, 2 when he says he, they were washing their nets. It wasn't washing their net. They, they had the nets to throw out. They had them. But he didn't believe that he was going to catch anything. That's why he only threw the one out. And he threw the one out and it broke. You know why? Because there's always a consequence to our disobedience. It may not be today and it may not be tomorrow. But I promise you that when we disobey God, especially when he comes to us specifically and says, I want you to do this. This is your task when we disobey, there will be consequences. It's going to happen. You can count on it. Whether it be with tithe. My pastor always says, you, you know, you might as well go ahead and tithe because if you don't, God's going to get it anyway. What does he mean? He means that there's going to be a flat tire that's unexpected. There's going to be a medical bill that's unexpected. There's going to be something come up for you to pay the money that would have been for your tithe that if you just went ahead and paid it, probably wouldn't have happened. Just saying. Verse 7, and they beckoned unto the partners which were in the other ship. They would come and help them. And they filled both ships so they began to sink. Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Why do you think he did that? Simon Peter fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. See, I think he was convicted. I think that when he realized that Christ did what he said he was going to do, when he, he fulfilled what he said he was going to do, when Simon Peter doubted, he realized that this was the true Christ. I feel like at this point, 
That's when he got saved. Because he realized who Christ was at that very moment. And, and look what he says. He says, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, O Lord. Now, look at what he says there. He calls him Lord there, but then over here in verse, where is it? Verse 5, he calls him Master. Now, there's a difference there. The Master is when he says, oh, it's a, a term of respect. It's a term of uh, you're, maybe you're an elder or maybe you're uh, somebody uh, of, of uh, power within the community. That's, that's Master. But back here, he calls him Lord. He says, Lord, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. His whole perspective changed because he saw and he realized who the true Christ was. You and I, if we're saved, we know who the true Christ is. We know who He is. Why? Because He saved us. He come into our heart. He's, he's filled us with the Holy Spirit. I think that he was convicted. I was out in, um, it was after we were here, because actually when we had the RV, it was the first time. The, the RV, let's see how, I'm getting tongue-tied. This was the first place that we had the RV. I didn't have any idea what I was doing when we had it parked back there. Like, it, was, it was a mess. But, so we took it from here, and we went a couple different places. And, and back in 2000, maybe the fall, the same year of 2019, we made an out west trip. Well, now, we were only at about 30% of our support, which means we were really poor. <laughs> That's what that means. So we, we made it from Kentucky. We went to Colorado. We went down to Arizona. The Arizona meeting was, was great. Pastor gave us a great love offering. Um, but our next meeting, and I don't know why the Lord worked it out the way that he did, but we, our next meeting we had was in Vancouver, British Columbia. So if you know anything about geography, we're talking Mexico to Canada. Like, that's where we had to go. So I was doing the math in my head, okay? And uh, we didn't have enough money to get to Vancouver. Gas was, I, I figured out how much gas we needed. I figured out how much money that we had. And we were one tank of gas short. We were $200 short of being able to make it to Canada. Well, I told my wife, I said, um, let's call pastor. He's generous. He, you know, if he knows that we're in a bind, he'll give us a couple hundred bucks just to get by. She said, no, no, no. Let's just pray about it. I don't know about you guys, husbands and wives, but you guys take turns on who's the spiritual leader. Because we do. <laughs> we really do. Sometimes I'll be like, oh, no, let's pray about it. And then sometimes she is. Well, this time it was her turn, okay? So she said, she said, no, let's just pray about it. And I said, well, I said, I understand that. I said, but how, uh, how are we really going to get the money? She said, let's just pray about it. I said, all right, whatever. I'll pray about it. So I went to her and I said, you know what? Your mom would give us the money. So I was trying to figure out on my own how in the world we were going to get the money, this $200, for us to get that last tank of gas to get to Canada. So we... Uh, we made it to Washington. And uh, I was really stressed out. Really stressed out. I stayed, we stayed the night. And literally the next day was the day that we needed to be in Canada. 
and I had $75 on a gift card. My kids had $10 a piece that I asked to use, and that's all the money that we had. That's it. So I went up, I, we stayed at this church in the bus parking lot, and I went up to the, uh, the church office and I thanked the pastor for letting us stay. I said, Pastor, thank you so much for letting us stay the night in the parking lot. Um, and we talked for a couple minutes. But then he said, you know, he said, we have a missionary emphasis uh, on our radio program. He said, would you and your family like to be a part of that? And I said, oh man, that'd be great. Kids would be on the radio. You know, I've never been interviewed on the radio before. This would be kind of neat. So I went down and got the kids and we came up and we did this interview uh, and he got the kids involved. He was asking them questions and, and talking to me and my wife and, and uh, we're done. We're leaving. We're getting ready to make a trip that we don't have the money to make. The kids walk out of the studio. My wife walks out of the studio and I've already shook his hand and said goodbye and he grabbed me by the shoulder and he said, Brother Tackett, he said, before you leave, he said, would you mind following me down to the gas station? He said, I'd like to fill your RV up with fuel for you. I'm a, I'm a ball baby, okay? <laughs> I said, you want a what? <laughs> you know, I said, you, you want a what? He said, yeah, he said, I just, uh, he said, Lord, Lord just spoke to me and he said, I just want to be a blessing to you. I said, oh, thank you so much. So I'm, I'm walking out of the office and I'm, I'm rejoicing and I get in front of my family and I'm crying. I like, I'm like, you know, like the ugly face cries. Like, that's what I'm doing, okay? But I wasn't, I was thrilled. I was overjoyed because of what God had just done. But the tears were not only tears of joy, but the tears were tears of conviction because I didn't think that God was going to be able to do that. God has promised each and every one of us, you and me and all of us, if we're His, if we're child, children of God, that He's going to meet our needs. He's going to take care of us. He's going to do everything that He promises us to do. But so often in our walk with the Lord, we're going to come into these situations where the Holy Spirit has prompted us to do something for Him. And we're going to try to make sense of it. Just like Simon Peter said, now wait a minute, I don't fish during the day and definitely not in the deep. But what happened? Jesus did only what Jesus can do. And that's the same thing that He's willing to do for you and I. But the thing is, is we have to step out of the way. We have to be willing to... Almost like how it was for us. We almost have to be willing to get to our last possibilities of things happening and just let God take it over. Say, Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out, but you said that you wanted me to do this, and I just want to obey you. You know, I cannot tell you... I could write a book, honestly, about how the Lord has done this transition from us being business owners into being in the ministry. You know... It's amazing. We almost lost our house. Our house went up for foreclosure. We got uh, our car repoed a couple times. You say, many people uh, say, well, God wasn't in that. Yeah, He was. Yeah, He was. Because what we were doing is we were fulfilling our commitment that we had made to our church. 
We were fulfilling our missions commitment. We were fulfilling our tithe. And sometimes, you know what that meant? That meant that we didn't get to fill up our fridge. That meant that we didn't get to pay this bill or that bill. But you know what? God honored that. God honored that. See, we try to make, make sense of all these things. But <clears throat> we say, oh, I don't have time to do this or I don't have the money to do that. See, the thing is, is we get distracted by life. We get distracted by our jobs. We get distracted by our extracurriculars. When our sole focus needs to be serving God. Our sole purpose needs to be serving the Lord. So many people today take that so lightly. They take the fact, they don't really comprehend or think about the fact that there's people that are dying and going to hell in Edith, Oklahoma. When's the last time, my friend, that we handed out a track or that you told your neighbor about Jesus? It's not hard. It's not embarrassing. The Holy Spirit will give you the power to do it. You're saved. Why not share it with somebody else? You've got, he mentioned something about there's an uh, anniversary coming up. You know, you know what I, if I was a betting man, I would bet that there's not going to be too many of you that bring somebody to church. And I say, prove me wrong. Invite somebody to church. Hand out a track. Why? Because Jesus Christ died for us. That's why. He commands us to spread the gospel. And that's what we need to be doing. And if the Holy Spirit speaks to us and tells us to do something, we need to not try to comprehend it in our own minds, but just listen to the Holy Spirit and go through the motions and do what God would have us to do. There's people that are waiting for you to share the gospel with them. There's people that are waiting on you. There's people that are waiting on your service. There's people that are waiting on your finances. There's people waiting for you to hand them a track. But the question is, will you? Will you? Now, I don't know what the Lord's been speaking to you about, okay? But I know in my life, God always seems to be working on my heart about something. All right? So tonight, let's, let's make some promises to God. Let's, I'm going to uh, uh, invite you to the altar in just a second. And I know with a room this size, with this many people in here, that God has been speaking to somebody about something that you haven't been listening to. And tonight is the night that you need to come to the altar to get that settled. To say, God, I'm going to stop trying to make sense of this on my own. I'm going to stop trying to figure out how it's going to work out. And I'm just going to follow you and do what you want me to do.